Welcome to Cardiology, everyone. Uh, this particular episode is going to start with a little bit of a disclaimer. As we recorded this episode earlier in the week, and the location of the Browns-Bills game has changed. So the Browns-Bills game is being played in Detroit and played in a domed stadium. So a lot of the commentary that we have that has to do with the weather-related problems um, is going to seem a little bit out of place, um, but we hope you enjoy our episode anyways. Thanks a lot for listening out there, and here we go. Welcome to Cardiology, everybody. This is your host, Mark Judy, and we are back once again. Um, now it's time to start looking forward. Uh, the Browns have quite the matchup ahead for them as they make a travel to what is working out to be snowy Buffalo um, for a key matchup. Um, with me today um, to kind of go through some of the keys and some of the things that we're looking at in this game is, again, my good friend, Chris Burdett. How are you doing, Chris? I'm good. I'm happy to be looking forward. I'm doing great. Thanks, Mark. Awesome yeah, to be back. Yeah. yeah, it was, we, you know, we, everybody needs that little therapy and, and grump session after a loss. But, you know, what makes us fans, what makes us members of the cardiology team is we live and die with this team, even when they are having trouble. So we need to get some optimism going in and start looking towards this next game, which is a very difficult matchup. You know, we're going to see our Browns who are sitting at three and six. They're going to be traveling to Buffalo uh, to face the six and three bills. Um, right. You know, we're the Browns are 12 and nine all time against the bills, including we won the last matchup, which was actually pre COVID uh, last wow. match was at first energy stadium where we won 19 to 16. I don't think either one of these teams is really the same team anymore. Um, so, you know, obviously, you know, as if, if you've been listening around last week, the Browns fell 39 to 17 in Miami. Um, and it really just wasn't a very good showing. So here you are, you got a, you got a limp kind of into Buffalo and Hey, guess what you get on the other side, you get Josh Allen, you get Stefan Diggs. You get all of that defense right in front of you. Um, and so a very tough matchup uh, for our Brownies. Well, this is going to be interesting because, um, first of all, it, the weather is going to be a huge factor, I think. Um, it's supposed to start snowing like tomorrow. Mm -hmm. uh, they're supposed to have up to three feet by Friday, and it's supposed to like snow into the weekend. So that could be huge, number one. Number two, the Bills have lost their last two. So we're getting them angry or hurt. I'm not sure which. And I'm not right. sure that matters. Um, right now, the Bills, I think, are nine and a half point favorites uh, by Las Vegas terms. Um, mm -hmm. if, it's a high, if it's a high wind day, it will probably end up being a battle on the ground. Um, you know, we're ranked fifth in the run. Bills are ranked 10th, which is no slouch. Um, so, you know, I mean, a lot could happen on, on Sunday, a lot. And it's going to be interesting to see 
how much of a factor the weather is to see which Browns team shows up this time. Right. Right. Um, you know, I think, I think as we, we look at this game, it really comes down to in weather games like this, it's one in the trenches. Right. You right. Know? And so how is our offensive line going to line up? Um, you know, we've had some injuries. We've had some things going on. You know, Wyatt Teller uh, actually had to leave uh, the Miami game, still still having some trouble um, with some of his nagging injuries. And so, you know, he's a key piece in, in what's happening. I know he's working hard to get back on the field, but, you know, what our offensive line looks like when we're trying to run the ball in, you know, adverse conditions is going to be really important. And then on the flip side, um, gosh, now we are hanging a game in the trenches on this defensive line. I think you're, we're going to have to really, you know, we're going to have to pick our poison, right? Um, now the weather situation might help us out quite a bit. Um, it'll be interesting to see, is the weather going to be bad enough to affect the passing game? Are we going to see the wins that are going to make it necessary to get away from the passing game? Because I do think, you know, on, on paper, it sure looks like the Browns need to sell out to stop any type of running. And when you're saying you're going to sell out to stop the run, that includes uh, spying on Josh Allen himself. Oh yeah, um, for sure. Cause he is, he is their biggest threat to run. Um, so one of the things that you really need to do, if you're going to sell out to stop all that, um, you know, it wouldn't hurt if the weather gave us a little bit more help to make sure we're not getting burned on the back end. Um, you know, I mentioned Stefan Diggs. Such a, he's such a solid, um, solid receiver. And, you know, uh, we don't want to find ourselves in a position where we're letting these guys get behind us. Um, right. And again, trying to, not only play catch up as the Browns, which we haven't had a lot of luck doing that, but also to trying to play catch up in the elements. Um, and that, that is a big thing to watch for. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm hoping the Joko's back. Um, I think he was close last week. Hopefully he'll be back just because um, if, if it is going to be a passing attack, I don't think we're going to see a lot of deep balls. If it, if the weather is what they're predicting, but you might see some of the shorter stuff, which is, the tight ends all day long to Chubb to um, to Kareem Hunt, and if you can put together an offense like that, a on the clock and b you get big chunks at the time, you can control the game to a very large degree. Um, yeah, we have to attack Josh Allen almost the same way you do uh, um, uh, the Ravens because of their quarterback. Uh, you know, it just yeah. I mean from from a mobility standpoint. You know, and, and I'm not sure whether they would bring Diggs in more for the short over the center stuff. I'm sure they would. Um, but it's going to be an interesting game. The, the funny thing is, with our track record this year, do you have any idea what to really expect? Because I don't. No, no. It's and, a Jekyll and, and Hyde, right? Yeah, it, and that's the challenge, right? You would love to say, hey, go into this game, and, and we've said it multiple times, let's go into this game and let's embrace our identity. I don't think they know what their identity is. No, and I don't think they have any way to really judge that. I think that they, um, you know, I think they are a run team, um, and but they are a run team without a net. So 
it's kind of like like we keep saying, and I keep harping over and over again. They're they're getting behind. They're getting in holes in these games, and they don't have the personnel to get into shootouts and catch up. Um, the explosive playmakers just aren't there. Um, you know, and there's only so much Nick Chubb can do, right? Like, right. you know, you get down by three scores. You know, we could all say, keep giving the ball to Chubb, keep giving the ball to Chubb. But really, how often does a running back pull down three touchdowns in a game and get Not you back into often. a game? Not very often, right. right? So so it's a lot to ask. He is your primary playmaker. But then behind him, there's not much. I mean, yes, I like the play of Amari Cooper. I'm, I'm excited to see how Amari Cooper is going to be um, on into the future. He's going to be with us for a while. Um, yep. How he pairs up. I think he's, been, he's had some great communication um, with Jacoby Brissett. I'm hoping that that'll carry over to Deshaun Watson as well. Um, you know, we, we talked in our last episode, I gave my game ball to Donovan Peoples Jones. Um, you know, he's been improving, but again, we're going to be in what points, all signs point to the elements. Now we may be a little lucky, which I don't know. I don't know if you consider it lucky or not that, that some of this snow, well, they're thinking that some of the snow is going to hit on Friday. Um, and then most of it on Saturday. Um, you know, so hopefully coming into Sunday, you don't actually have the snow occurring. I don't know if that's a positive or not. On the one hand, I think it's a positive for the health of our team and for our ability to kind of do things outside of simply running the ball. But without the elements, now I got to worry about Josh Allen's arm thrown all over the place. Um, and so it's, it is really, um, it's an interesting tweak in this, in this game plan and, and what we're looking at going, going forward, you know, are there any other big keys that you're kind of thinking of that, that you, you really need to see? No, but what, what hits me as we're talking about this is how sad is it that we're hoping the weather helps us win, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's like, are you kidding? It's like. Oh my gosh! I mean, it. We did not expect to be here at the beginning of the season, did we? No. Um, and and you're right; they don't have an identity right now. Um, and yeah, I don't know. It's. Uh, uh, I think the keys to the game are um, the defense needs to show up and stop the run. We need to run very well. And we need to hope that it's a running. It's a running day, and you know. And, and the other thing, I, I think the other factor I'd like to see is more short routes for Kareem Hunt, too. Because you can basically treat him almost like a tight end slash wide receiver. Um, And obviously, he pounds the ball after he gets it. So didn't Mm -hmm. see a lot of that last week. Maybe that's another another good way to go. Um, More from people's Jones would be good. Cooper, by the way, everything I've heard about him, he not only is he great on the field, he's great um, in the locker room and from a professional standpoint and from a leadership standpoint leading by example. He's awesome. I, I'm so happy he's here. Um, you know, I, and I can't wait to see what chemistry he has with Watson uh, in a couple of weeks. So uh, I, I think it'll be good. We'll find out. Right. Yeah. You know, I, you, you make a great point with um, Kareem Hunt because, you know, if you do get the opportunity, so again, let's, let's play Let's put on our optimist 
hats here. And so we start the game. We, we go down our first drive and we score and we put ourselves in the position to play our football um, and run the ball. You know, that bowling ball style that Kareem yep. gives you is, is going to be incredibly useful, not just for spelling, um, you know, Nick Chubb, but also to, in these kind of elements, you want to beat up the other team as, as, oh, much, yeah. as, as much as you just want to, you know, play your game and play to your strengths, you want to beat them up and, and getting guys in fresh legs. Um, maybe we see some Jerome, uh, some more Jerome Ford. Uh, yeah. You know, he did, he had, he had a nice uh, kickoff return in the Miami game. Sure um, and that's where he primarily was um, helping the team. Um, so, but you never know, maybe we see some of him, maybe we see some of Dearness Johnson and keeping some fresh legs in this game and just to p- keep plowing and pounding the ball into these lines. Um, well, yeah. The, I, the, I, I would it, love to see more. In Arctic temperatures like this, if you have a, a, a ground assault the way we do, we can absolutely wear out their defense because I've I've heard about the I've heard about this two or three times just this week. I've heard about heard it before on ESPN where they're talking about how defensive players hate tackling those ground and pound juggernauts, if you will, like our running backs, because those hits hurt ten times as much when it's freezing cold out. Yeah. And, and and we can very if so so if we attack them we can wear them down huge if you can wear down the defense know the clock you can win the game right 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 well you know I think the the other the other big piece of this and and you know we talked about it already a little bit but the other big piece is our defense like I don't know I don't know what to say right now to to turn this around. But what I would say is maybe you need to just forget. You need to get a, a real short memory and treat this game as this game. Um, put all your energy, put all your focus in just this. Let's not talk anymore about anything that has happened up till now and try to see if you can recapture um, that chemistry that you that you showed ever so briefly Um playing Cincinnati um, because I think you're, I think you're going to need it for all of the same reasons you're talking about. You know, we've been poor against the run. We've been letting teams that are that's not gen- good running. That's teams generous. Run and so, so you, you said it yourself, Buffalo is ranked 10th in the run. Right. That is not a, that is not a slouch of a team. Now nope. they are, and, and we've called this out earlier in the season, a big part of their rushing attack is Josh Allen. So, you know, they, they get their yards a little bit differently than others, but same thing still holds, holds true. You got to make those tackles and you got to be in there. And so, you know, we're going to have to fight those same elements. Um, you know, I love, you know, you, you mentioned miles Garrett. I mean, you know, as we, as we talk about that, he, you know, we don't feel like he's showing up as much as we would like him to, and we're not seeing him the way we would like. Um, I think it is good to kind of get get some level set about where he's at right now. So um, he is leading the team with seven and a half sacks this season, which ranks him ninth in the NFL. 
Um, and he actually shares an interesting stat with Von Miller, who we're going to face, who plays for Buffalo now, um, right. as being the only players in the NFL to record at least seven sacks in each of the past six seasons. So, you know, I don't know that Miles is setting the world on fire, um, but we are one game past the bye week and he's at seven and a half sacks. So yeah, well, we need yeah, to see I mean, fire. Yeah, well, I think the main thing with Miles is, and I, I don't think either one of us is blaming that on Miles. We would like to see him have a greater impact is what we're saying. Yes. Um, and the reason may, and part of the reason we're probably not seeing that impact is because maybe he's limited because of the other players around him or the schemes that are being called. And I'm not sure which one it is. Um, you know, whether the other players don't require the same type of attention or even part, part of the type of attention that he gets. So they can double and triple team it, you know? Yeah. Um, and the other thing we don't know is um, after the car accident, I'm sure he's better, but we don't know whether he's a hundred percent or he's 90% or 87% or whatever. Um, you know, and uh, so time will tell, but it's not a knock on him. And I don't want anybody to think that I'm knocking him because I think the world of him and I think he is awesome. And to your point, statistically, wow, right? Mm -hmm. um, but I'm not sure whether it's situational. I'm not sure whether it's, um, you know, what Joe Woods can or can't call based upon the fact of the other personnel he has. I don't know. But I do know with a player as good as him, um, he should be making a bigger impact and there's a reason he's not right now. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean that, that seven and a half sacks puts him just, just a little shy of averaging a sack a game. And I think that, awesome. for, well, and I think for when your star, you know, elite pass rusher, you want to see, um, a sack a game or more, um, and so, yeah, he's a little behind, but you make a great point. We really don't know um, how much of the effects of that, that car accident may have be playing into this. Um, you know, I will say we continue to see Miles taped up. I don't know if you noticed when he's playing, he's got a lot of the, um, you know, the, the K tape on his arms um, yep. biceps and, and, and areas. So I'm, I'm guessing he has it up across his shoulders as well. Um, so that's something that he doesn't normally wear. So that tells me that if, if it's not feeling subpar, um, he's at least protecting it. Um, so it could be some of that. I do think, you know, we, we talked about it in our last episode, um, where I do think that some of it is just the, you know, the lack of the lack of depth on the rest of yep. the defensive line. And he's just getting, he's getting hammered. Um, well, I think, I think, didn't you, you and I were talking about it during the game. I think it was like in the third quarter, they, sh they showed him and he was winded. Yes. I mean, he, he, yes. he, he was laboring and not to say that, that everybody else wasn't, but I mean, it was it, like, it looked like he needed oxygen. I mean, he was really labored out there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, you don't have a platoon, right? You do not have, if, if you want to give miles a breather, you're basically just surrendering your pass rush. I was going to say, right. Who, who do you put in? Unless you're training him and Clowney out, right. which I you're mean, not going to do. 
Right. I mean, you're looking at, so you're looking at Isaiah Thomas, Chase Winovich, and Alex Wright. And in the cases of those guys, we haven't seen anybody like just step out. Um, you know, Isaiah Thomas had a pretty good game um, against Cincinnati, um, but the whole team had a pretty good game against Cincinnati. Um, but he he had some good reps, got out there. Um, Chase Winovich is he's just back from being injured. We haven't seen him do much of anything. He was a big free agent signing. Um, supposedly to help do this very thing, help platoon Miles Garrett, give him some much needed rest. And, you know, all reports are that Alex Wright looks like he has some skill sets, but he's a rookie and he's not ready. Um, and, and I think that most of the time when it comes to platooning players, we've been using Alex Wright to sub in for um, Jadavian more than we've had him subbing in for miles. So, so yeah, you're right. You called it out during that game. He he's getting gassed. Um, and so, you know, a big piece of this game is really going to boil down to, for lack of a better phrase, can the Browns defense forget that they're the Browns and, <laughs> right. and, and maybe try to just remember that they are skilled professional football players who are, you know, potentially one of one of 32 or one of 64 people who get to play their positions and just get in there and do it. Well, you know, uh, as you say that, it, it kind of triggers me for a second because it, it's, it almost feels like um, we keep waiting for somebody to step up, right? And it, it almost feels like they're doing the same thing. They're looking at each other going, are you going to step up? Are you going to step up? As opposed to somebody saying, Today's the day I step up and I'm the I'm the one, right? Right. It almost feels like that. I th yeah, and I think I think some of it is, uh, you know, I'm not one of those big people who believes that you need to have in your face leadership, right? So, you know, uh, you can you can pass me by with the whole conversations like, you know, what our defense needs is a defensive coordinator like Greg Williams who gets in the face of everyone. Yeah, no, no. right. That's, That's not no. it. But no. what I will say is I, I wonder if the defense is patterning, you know, in lieu of not having people like Anthony Walker available, um, you know, not having some of these key veterans available, that this group is patterning their leadership styles or like you say, waiting for someone to step up. They're patterning it against this like quiet leadership style that happens on the offense, right? So we talk about that Nick Chubb leads by example, super quiet. We've got right. Amari Cooper leads by example, super quiet. And basically Jacoby Brissett, who has proven to be at least adept in keeping his offense together and keeping his group together. So I feel like the more boisterous um, names just aren't on this team and we just don't have those leaders. And I wonder if, you know, Miles Garrett is looking around and saying, oh, well, you know, Nick Chubb can lead by example and not have to be rah-rah. So why should I? And I think at some point someone's got to pull somebody together and say, no, you need to be in, you need to be pumping up this defense because it's not happening. And, you know, I've heard a lot of people talk about, um, you know, there were the rumors after um, the New England game that, you know, shouting could be heard from the 
uh, locker room of the players yelling out that there was just no leadership. And then we turn around the next game and we come out on fire. I, I just got to ask if where is the consistent leadership? Because, you know, these guys need that. I don't need people who have to have tables tipped over and screaming and hollering to get focused for the game. I need people who have consistent motors, consistent leadership. And, you know, that's just not something we're seeing from this, this group. Well, you know, I, here's my take. Um, I don't think quiet is good or bad. I don't think loud is good or bad. I think good leadership is good, period. Um, and and maybe, maybe if Joe Woods is the quiet type, whatever he's doing now isn't working. So maybe if Joe Woods walks in and flips a table over, it gets their attention, right? Um, you know, look at the um, – here's the best example I can come up with. Look at the coach for the uh, Miami Dolphins, okay? Mm-hmm. Okay. I am convinced he does some of his play calling using Dungeons and, Dr- and Dragons dice. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and God bless him, he's winning, right? Mm-hmm. And he is not the most demonstrative guy out there. Um, but what he's doing works because they're getting results. The biggest thing right now is we're not getting results. Right. So the idea, it, it, we're going down the road of, you know, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. So if quiet doesn't work, try loud. If loud doesn't work, try quiet, right? Yeah. Um, if support doesn't work, try getting in their grill. Yeah. You know, you know, and and maybe to your point, that maybe that shook them up enough to get them where they needed to be. Maybe that is the locker room mystique we need. I don't know. Well, and I think you know, leadership needs to be genuine, right? So you know, Kevin Stefanski is never going to be in your face, guy. Right. You're right. No, unless he's the greatest actor who's ever lived, that doesn't happen. Hey, he's no Sean Donovan. Right. Just saying. <laughs> yes. Our buddy, Sean, who gets to, he and Gary doing lots of cool shows, but, um, but yeah, uh, the, the idea but, well, that you can just go but, in. So like you said, it, you can, if you go in and you just randomly start doing this stuff, these guys are, adults they're they're professionals they know fake when they see fake but you know that doesn't mean that you can't kind of twist the screws on a little bit of the pressure or a little bit of the focus of a little bit like hey i don't want to see you sitting back in your chair during the film session you tell me what you see calling some people getting them involved getting them moving i don't know what it looks like and and i can't pretend that i have an insight into all of these things that are happening, but it does seem like we are asking ourselves every single week, who is the leader on the defense? And we are looking and saying, well, it's gotta be miles Garrett. Does it? The, it, it? If that's not his personality, if he's not that guy, he can still be, you know, your star uh, defensive end. But if he's not that guy, then then somebody should be. Somebody's got to be the one who says, hey, let's get it together. We've been practicing this all week long. 
let's get it together for game time. And let's well, it's interesting. It it's interesting you say that because you know who would it be? Would it be a clowny? Good example. Could be a clowny if, if if that's his nature. Um, the other thing I'll say too, I just want to go back. I want to rewind for a little bit for just a sec. The other issue too is you know Joe Woods might not be a bad defensive coordinator. He just might not be the right mix with Stefanski. Meaning, maybe Stefanski being the quiet guy, you need the louder guy in defense. Like, Joe Woods might be a great defensive coordinator for Mike McCarthy in Dallas, right? Because he's more out there. I don't know. It yeah, I mean, too. it could be that. It could, it could definitely be that. Um, it could also be just the idea that maybe too many, maybe you got too many quiet players and a quiet coach. And so... Right. You don't have the balance there. There's, a, I mean, there's a lot of things at play. I, I am, um, I'm a big believer that uh, we are not going to be talking about Joe Woods come next year at all. No, nope. that, that whether or not anything happens this year remains to be seen. Um, Why, right? But, but in general, um, I don't think he's going to be with this team next year. And in fact, I think if if that becomes a problem to let him go, that's when the rest of the coaching staff is going to have a hot seat. But, um, you know, it, it is something to think about. The next guy who comes in, will he be complementary to the pieces and the leadership skills that have already been put in place for this team? So that's a little bit off the beaten path. I know we got a little bit into solving the problems of the Browns as a whole, <laughs> as opposed to just what's going on in the game in Buffalo. But when we come back from our commercial break, uh, Chris and I are going to wrap this up and we're going to talk um, specifically about our predictions of what we see for this game against Buffalo and yes, sir. how we're going to be setting up um, for this week of NFL action. So we will catch you right after this word from our sponsor. Hey everybody, it's Mark from the Cardiology Podcast, and I have an important question for you. Does your garage make you happy? If your life is anything like mine, the space in your garage just goes to waste because of overwhelming and embarrassing clutter. I mean, with all the tools, the toys, the bikes, the equipment, and whenever you open that garage door, that mess just hits you right in the gut. But it doesn't have to be that way. The team at CB's Custom Garage Interiors and More wants to help you take advantage of every inch of space your garage has to offer with their full turnkey design and installation services for garage cabinets, flooring, and other storage solutions. But don't be confused. The solutions they provide are not the cookie cutter racks and plastic bins you find at all the big box stores. From showroom quality garage flooring to durable powder-coated wood garage cabinets, CB's Custom Garage Interiors and More has everything you need to turn your garage into the organized space of your dreams and have every one of your neighbors green with envy. So if you're tired of the mess and ready to bring the garage of your dreams into your everyday reality, you owe it to yourself and your family to check out all of the fantastic solutions CB's has to offer. You can contact Chris Burdett and his team today by heading to their website at www.cbscustomgarageinteriors.com or you can give them a call at 330-542-8416. 
On the site, you can request a free garage makeover guide packed with all kinds of great ideas and solutions that'll spark your imagination and help you visualize all of the potential your garage has to offer. It's time to feel the joy of a garage that meets all of your functional needs and looks fantastic too. Please let Chris help you make your dreams a reality today. Call him at 330-542-8416 or check him out online at www.cbscustomgarageinteriors.com and let Chris help you love your garage again. Welcome back to Cardiology, everyone. All right, so we've talked through some of our keys for this matchup uh, against the Buffalo Bills, and it is time for us to make our predictions on what we see happening in this game. Um, so, Chris, the floor, yeah. the floor is yours, my man. Tell me, tell me what you're seeing in that crystal ball. All right, well, for, first I want to go on record as saying – during the game this week, I will not be eating any buffalo wings. <laughs> I will not ha- be drinking any buffalo trace bourbon. Okay, I'm going anti-buffalo. That Excellent. being said, I think Buffalo is angry. They've lost two straight. Um, I think we're going to lose it. And I see no reason to think we're going to do anything more than Buffalo 35, round 17. And, and let me be clear, I really hope I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, um, I think, I think we're probably of the same mind. Um, you know, we talk about sometimes that teams overlook, um, their competition, but Buffalo already got burned by that. Um, they got burned by the jets by looking ahead. Um, and like you said, they, they had another tough game come out you know, right after that. So this is a team that's, um, I'm not going to say they're reeling because they've got a lot of firepower to get themselves out of whatever's going on, but they are definitely a team that's looking to get back on track. Um, and Hey, you know, the Browns look exactly like the team that you get right on, <laughs> as yep. opposed to the team that's going to keep you down. So um, I, I am going to go, um, I'm going to go a little bit, a little bit, maybe a little more pessimistic. Um, cause in the back of my mind, I'm thinking about this weather situation, um, and what may or may be not be happening. So I'm going to go with Buffalo 28 and the Browns, uh, 13, mm. yeah. um, you know, and again, just like you said, I'd love to be wrong. You know, the, one of the, one of the best days we've had on this podcast is when I had to come come be wrong about the Cincinnati game. Um, right. But but I just I just don't see it. You know, these this was a major egg that they laid last week, um, coming off a bye week, and now you're talking about going in against one of, if not the top team in the AFC. Right. And even though they're reeling from a couple of losses, they've got all the tools necessary. Um, and so, you know, you have not shown any consistency 
uh, on your team and you look to be simply limping your way into the arrival of your starting quarterback who may very well not give you any answers this year either. So, so it looks like we're a little bit in a holding pattern. Um, I would love to be wrong because um, as I've said before, I do think the Browns best opportunity to have won one of the three games after the bye week but before Watson was going to be Tampa Bay. Um, But a surprise in Buffalo sure wouldn't hurt and, and would, and would definitely give a little bit of a spark to a team that's in desperate need of it. But, um, you know, my money's not going there. That's right. So, well, Chris, I want to thank you for taking some time again this week. Um, to always a pleasure come in and chat. Um, you know, we are going to, in the next couple of weeks, we're probably going to start having a few more voices on each of our episodes. Um, you know, we really enjoyed our time uh, all together for the bye week um, where we were able to have both Gary, Sean, and, um, and Chris join me for, for that episode and, and for those conversations. So we're going to be looking to see how many times we can kind of expand the number of voices that we're hearing from um, and, and kind of get, you know, touch base on some more Browns fandom. It's, it's important, you know, if we're going to say that fun. We, if we say we're going to monitor the heartbeat of Browns fans, then we should listen to more Browns fans. Right. So we Brown. need to get as many uh, voices in as we can. So you can wa- look for that. Um, if you're uh, a fan and a follower of the podcast, um, you know, we're going to continue to see some different things. Um, and don't forget that later this week, um, we will also have our picks episode released. Um, so you can see how, uh, Gary Marr and I are continuing to uh, tally our picks against the ubiquitous coin um, and see how that is going. So um, you can feel free to check that out. As always, thank you, Chris. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you to everybody who helps us get everything together. Um, if you need to check us out, you can always tell your friends. Hey, check out the check out your favorite streaming player. Look at Apple, look at Amazon, look at Spotify and try searching up cardiology with a K um, and get a chance to listen to some fellow Browns fans who are just trying to make it through this 2022-2023 season. Um, so you can check us out on all those services or at our webpage at www dot cardiology with a K C L E. So cardiology So for everybody out there, who's getting ready for a cold one in Buffalo and hoping to see uh, the Browns light a fire instead of turning into ice cubes. But we hope we will stand with you. We'll be cheering on as well. Let's get some energy here. You, you, you lead us out, Chris. Go ahead. Give me, give me some good hype. Let's go, Browns. Go, Browns. All right. Take it easy, everyone. Later. Later.